love that. That's yeah, awesome. That's the favorite part. Just a Especially when you do it, like, really do it. Right. And hey. you know you're about to taste some beer. Yes. It's great. It's a Grab on the Brisket podcast. Thank you for joining in, tuning in, listening on your way home, or maybe you're maybe you're just sitting in your office doing your just you're just killing it at work, or maybe you're at the gym, just like no, no. I, if you're I in the gym listening to us, then you're obviously not working out. Push it, yeah. Push it. You're going backwards if you. You got this. You ever see like there's like an old person who's like walking like point two miles per hour? Yeah, They're listening right. to grab the brisket. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one hand's always breathing, one arm's breaking the other one's always used to do the, the twelve ounce curls, right? That's the that's the person. That's our demographic. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, this is dude. It's. Yeah, another 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 grabbing the brisket interview coming up here That's shortly. Right. Uh, we have um, Abby Road. Abby, Abby Road. I love right. the name. Yeah. yeah, with the uh, Copeland uh, Copeland Dance Hall slash B and B. They're into everything. Barbecue. Yeah, they're she jerky. The, she got the jerky. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> into everything. Uh, so I am I am super. Super eager to get her on and, and go through this. James, you have something to say? I'm sorry. I feel like you're I actually I mean I'm chomping. I'm actually like intrigued, like like the musicians that come through there, like who's your favorite or is there is, is there one, you right. know what I mean? Or something yeah. like that. You know, I, that's that's something I'd be uh, you know, interested to, to, to know, you know what I mean? So Yeah. And I mean between the sauce I mean so kind of a backstory, like in I'm not saying we're a big deal or we're we're popular. I think maybe John John's not here right now. John is like uh, just very driven, and he's uh, booked us like like two years out uh, with with um, um, people in in the barbecue industry or maybe possibly the beer industry and, and stuff like that. So um, Abby um, with the Copeland Dance Hall was um, nice enough to send us some barbecue sauces and jerky for us to try. So. And we've tried the jerky and the sauces. Mm-hmm. The jerky's good. Mm-hmm. Jerky's good. The, the sauce is sauce good. Sauce is good. The, yeah. the, the original was my favorite. The spicy was okay. It's just I, I don't know. It was it was a good sauce. Right. But the original, I I, I really like the sauce. Yeah, we'll have so, to get a little bit bigger bottles of it. I mean, yeah, we, we we can order some. Got a little uh, sample sizes, and we just basically tried it. So we really didn't put it on any food um, per se. Just kind of tasting it out of the bottle. They're all really good. I mean, you had the. The the was the blueberry the the berry the berry one the berry sauce yeah. the spicy and then the original yep and and a lot of stuff's pretty pretty um, for me interesting I mean I think it, everything's kind of named after kind of a brothel you know what I mean because yeah, the um, bordello the bordello type theme because that's this is dance hall predates or not necessarily a dance hall but uh, this this in this this place like I think I read on their website like nineteen oh four. Uh, that was a long time ago. Yeah, and and a lot of stuff has been built and added on, and yeah, and, and, it was medical. It was a doctor's office. It was a whole bunch of different things, right? Throughout now, the years, now it's a one-stop shop. Correct. I, yeah. So Abby, I, I uh, purchased <laughs> it, and she's the owner and operator of it now. Barbecue, steaks, dance hall. There's a a inn. There's a B and B that you can stay. I mean, you can go check out live music. Book the B and B. Check out live music, great food, and stay there. And st- yeah, yeah, that's that's very cool. Awesome. So yeah, hey, that is cool. That is cool. Uh, let's uh, let's hey John, dial her up. Let's go. She's <laughs> yeah, waiting on the hotline right now. Let's John is on the hotline. Yeah. <laughs> let's go. All right.
All right, hey guys, this is James from Grabbing on the Brisket Podcast. Thank you for joining in. And hey, we got an awesome guest with you. We got Abby Road from Copeland Dance Hall Inn. And so, well, it's kind of, let, let me ask you this, Abby. Is it, so it's a dance hall B&B slash restaurant. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, okay. So, and she was very nice uh, enough to send us some jerky and some barbecue sauces for us to try out. And uh, right off the bat, I just had to say, I mean, phenomenal stuff. Just great product as far as the sauce goes. Uh, love all the, I think we had the spicy, we had the, there was a berry. The, um, yeah, and the original, the right? The original, so. Uh, yeah, and, the original, and the, blue, the blueberry. The blueberry, yeah. The blueberry, mm-hmm. and, yeah. The, the jerky. and the jerky. Oh, man, yeah. I mean. I'll be honest, I mean, these guys cannot say enough good things about the jerky. I mean, they loved it. I, I well, must I have ate like two that. pounds of jerky when we started digging into that. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys very much. It was uh, a total accident, as most great things are, right? Um, and, uh, I mean, I'm in the music business. I, I've been booking live music for 20 years, and... and uh, uh, I never ever dreamed that uh, jerky or barbecue or smoked ribeyes would ever be a thing in my life, but um, uh, but it happened. <laughs> and so when you were asking me um, earlier today when we were trying to set this up, you know, about barbecue fails, and I was like, oh, raise my hand high, high, right. high, high, barbecue right. fails. <laughs> um, you know, because I'm not like, uh, you know, Wayne Mueller from Louis Mueller barbecue is 10 minutes out my front door and um you know so so it's pretty intimidating and and snows you know as as the crow flies it's 20 minutes away and uh so i'm in a pretty thick area of of barbecue celebrities right and so i come along and and i'm just you know copeland would just just to say um back in the 70s copeland was the barbecue darling with texas monthly so kind of like what franklin's what what you hear about franklin's you know when when there's people in line for hours and hours and hours that's how copeland was on sundays um and texas monthly just loved them uh and that was back in the 70s and it was straight away barbecue just brisket and ribs and, and chicken and those folks um retired and the dance hall wasn't even open at that time uh but the restaurant there was you know some people passed away and life went on and so it kind of it went away um and then some folks bought the the building back in the early 90s and um brought the restaurant back and then made the dance hall here and so the barbecue was brought back and you know we're only open friday and saturday nights and so usually typically people eat barbecue in texas for lunch or breakfast right like it's not generally a dinner thing right and which which is kind of interesting don't you think why why do people not want to eat brisket at dinner i mean they <laughs> they mostly if you you're not saying oh i'm gonna go out to eat dinner and we're going to have brisket you know it's it's just funny that they stand in line at 10 a.m. in the morning. I, I could not agree more. I I'm I'm thinking back on it now, and I'm wondering why, um, why why do I only eat barbecue, like in the a.m. or in 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 lunch lunchtime? I don't think after four o'clock. I'm really is it too filling? Just too much? Maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah. 
Uh, but I do agree with you. People stand in line at, at Franklin's at, at six in the morning, right, or five in the morning to get brisket. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, like, crazy. yeah. And uh, and I I can't remember the last time I've ever said, let's go have barbecue for dinner. Like, I just don't. I might have a steak for dinner, but I'm not. I'm not ordering. You're not eating barbecue. I'm not yeah. ordering a brisket. That's so weird. Maybe it's just too filling. Maybe it's just you don't want. I, I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. hmm. I don't know why either. I, I have no clue, but I've, I've found it interesting. So so really, Copeland was was unique in that, you know, we we pushed barbecue on Friday and Saturday nights. Not, um, you know, steaks were always on our menu, but they weren't uh, prominent and uh, until recently. Um, but there there's kind of a flow to the how the jerky came through through this kind of long story but uh i came into the dance hall one friday afternoon and my my grill guy my barbecue guy didn't show up and uh i had a full house i was sold out that night somebody had to cook and so i knew how to build a fire and (laughs) i had i had chicken and i had ribeyes and uh of course you can't turn out a brisket in five minutes right so um so we didn't have barbecue that night and so we did steaks and and i had fillets and uh ribeyes and the chicken and and i was crying like i I was like oh my god this is horrible this is horrible and my staff was like coming back to me going okay this guy just left me a 50 dollars tip he said that was the best steak he ever had and then my next, the next lady would come back and she's like, holy, this guy, they own a cattle ranch down the road. There's 10 guys sitting out here and they love their steaks. They said it's the best steaks they ever had. And I thought my staff was just trying to help make me feel better. You know, like I thought it, they just were trying to be cool, you know, and help me along. But I, I got myself together and uh, went out front to the restaurant and uh, all these people were just like, holy, what are you doing back there? Oh my God, this is great. <laughs> And I was like, oh, great. You know, acted like I knew what the hell was going on. And uh, right, right. that's it's super that's secret stuff into, going back here. Yeah. Into the steak business. Um, so that was uh, three and a half years ago. And I really, uh, I, I still did the barbecue, uh, the brisket and the pulled pork and the ribs all the way up until we got closed down in March because of the pandemic. Uh, because we're a bar and so so we got closed down and I um well prior to that I had been thinking in my head you know we're only open on Friday and Saturdays the ribeyes everybody loves our ribeyes because I smoke the ribeyes first I smoke the loin and then and then I hand cut them and steer them on the grill and it's live fire so it's not gas grill or anything so um what what kind of wood are you cooking with mesquite okay oh yeah that's the way i use mesquite because it's hot and it's uh you know it's readily available and it it just uh i think that's another thing you know we the barbecue here at copeland all the way back to the 70s has always been smoked with mesquite never post oak and Mm. so that was another thing that kind of set us apart in you know, from, from Louis Mueller's and Snow's right. and all those great and that, That's a particular wood that a lot of people are scared to cook with. Like, it's, I know it can be overpowering if you do certain long cooks with it, but I think people are just, they have that just like, oh, I don't do mesquite because I have the flavor, but 
I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, we, we've had uh, steaks uh, here locally that, that have been cooked, and we've done steaks ourselves, whether you're, or, or just open grilling with mesquite, and it always mm-hmm. comes out really, really good. Yeah, and you use less wood, you know, it's a harder wood, but it, it burns it burns really hot, and that's what I want on my grill when I'm searing, you know, I just want a really quick flash, because it's already pretty much cooked, you know, from the pit, um, but I personally have never experienced any overpowering with the wood smoke, and maybe this is just, uh, you know, I, I, I have really good wood, I... Um, my wood is fresh and you know it's it's seasoned pretty well but it, it's it's definitely not green and maybe if you you know i think sometimes in some of these wood uh piles maybe you get a um i found pieces of wood in in my in i get it by two cords at a time and and i have found some really like it almost reminds me of creosote like like uh railroad tie kind of stuff like I don't even know what it is but it's super hard and it just it doesn't it doesn't burn it just smolders and if you get a piece of that and it may just be really really hard hard mesquite I I mean I'm not sure where they harvest this mesquite from uh but um I have if I've if I've ever gotten a piece of that sort of wood in my pit by accident, it will cause a real uh, a really bad flavor. Mm. Um, but but I'm just real careful now that I know that, uh, I, and it'll turn your meat like pitch black, like like not a night you know not that beautiful smoky crust. Right, it's, you'll get a little like, bit of that dirty smoke a little bit. Not really. Yeah, yeah. it's it's black it's it's really dirty black smoke so it isn't good for your pit either um but you know i i find it to be much milder than than oak like a lot of the barbecue that i eat including wayne mueller and i can talk about him all day because he he likes me and he lets me talk crap about him but (laughs) um (laughs) but he's a uh you know his his brisket is so moist it's so good and he's I've learned a few tricks from him as to why that is, but, um, you know, it's got a real pronounced smoke flavor. And I don't know that the general public, uh, or people, tourists, people from out of state or whatever, really wanted to just eat a piece of meat that tastes like smoke. Yeah, I, I would, I would probably agree with you on that one. I, I know that, you know, we, we tend to only, even for a brisket, we probably do like a hot and fast. Uh, we're, we're at home cooking one. We may go 12 hours or, or 14 hours, depending on what how many we're cooking or whatever. But uh, generally, if, if it's for like competition or something, probably a four or five hour smoke bath is all we're doing on them. And then we're, we're already going to wrap them and, and go. So I, I think you probably get a milder smoke with, with doing that. And... and for the mesquite, I, I definitely agree with you. I love cooking with, with mesquite, and I don't find that that is an overpowering um, smoky flavor. I think it's a different smoky flavor, but definitely not overpowering anything else. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if I have my my choice of wood to cook on, it would be mesquite uh, over anything yeah. else. So, Do they use mesquite in competitions, or is it, does it have to be post-oak? So you can use whatever you want. Um, I think oh. in uh, down here, and but most most competitions you go to, you're probably going to see a post-oak uh, wood. 
if you're in, let's say, West Texas or or somewhere, you, you might see more of the uh, mesquite trees being used, uh, or North Texas. But in South, you know, you really don't have a whole lot of mesquite down here in, in the Houston Gulf Coast region. It, it, it doesn't really grow there here. Um, mm-hmm. But if you go up, you know, a little bit west of us, uh, you, you start finding mesquite at that point. Uh, but yeah, so I think it's kind of it's regions. If you go to like somewhere like South Carolina or or whatever, you might you might get more of a a pecan or one of those type of flavored woods. Uh, yeah, hickory. Hickory is pretty yep. popular. I have added hickory to my mesquite as well, and that's turned out really, really nice. It's almost like a, a little bit of a sweet flavor uh, to the meat. It's it's really nice, um, but I don't I don't do it all the time. But uh, but I have, and it smells really good in the restaurant. So people are hungry then. I they, love that when they <laughs> when they smell that, you know, like forget the candles, let's light the pit. Right, that makes people people eat. It's like uh, it's like showing a house. Like I've seen the realtors, they'll take a little butter and cinnamon and put it on a piece of tin yeah. and put it in the oven, and then the house smells <laughs> like a, a bakery or whatever. So yeah. like people were more apt yeah. to like I like the house. Yeah, uh, I love that. You know, I, if we can go back for a second, I love the fact mm-hmm. that uh, that you know at the time it's probably like a little frantic and everything else, but I love the fact that you had this moment of uh, you know the 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 barbecue guy did not show up and you're there at work with a with a packed house and you're like i've, I've got to put something out there i'm going to improvise i i know how to do steaks i'm going to do this and it's a home run i i love the fact that like you rose above that you know what i mean that's, that's that's a really cool story by the way yeah i'm i'm a glutton for punishment i uh <laughs> you know uh, the the buck stops with me so i have to do something and you can't like there's 200 people sitting out there trying to eat you know you can't you have to do something and and so um yeah um uh, it was pretty crazy but i i love fire i've always loved fire uh campfires and just you know burning brush in the backyard whatever i've always lived in the country so um but um so I really do love fire, and it's it's kind of um, zen-like for me. And I have a really beautiful Aztec grill, and uh, I love my grill. And and I, I have a picture on my Instagram. One day I, I lit the, the fire in the grill, and, you know, it usually takes me about 30, 45 minutes to get it up to temp to where I, where I want it, you know, for, for, for doing steaks. And so I'll light it. And, and one day I walked away, and I came back, and – there was a white heart on my grill. That's what was the, you know, that was the hot spot. And it was the shape of a heart. Wow, very cool. It was like my grill was telling me I love you. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was it was amazing. But anyway, um, so I have a really great, I love my grill. We I, I get along with my grill really well. And um, it's my safe place on Friday and Saturday nights. And so now I, I don't have another cook. I literally do all of the, um, I've, I've done away with the barbecue now, except for when we do private parties and we have large, large groups to, to feed or whatever. But straight away, my dream was I want the best ribeye anybody can find and, um, the best red wine to go with it. And the best, luscious chocolate to finish it off and like that that is heaven and if you're coming to copeland to see a show you know that you get this on friday and saturday nights it's like one of the only places that you can do this and it's 
it's a real it's a real treat for people and it's done really well and so and they pre-order the ribeyes with their tickets to the shows now and so so it's really great but that so the jerky that was the funny thing um i guess about two and a half years ago i had smoked a loin and i was still doing the brisket the barbecue the whole thing you know at that time and i um i had some ribeye left over and i sliced it up really thin and the pit i had just turned turned the pit down and but it was still hovering about 200 degrees and it, there was a lot of smoke still in there and so i just put the ribeye sliced it really thin and i put it in the pit and walked away and i came back a couple hours later and and so i i i got it out and we i put it in some baggies and i took it out in the dance hall and handed it out to people and and that's how the jerky came about very and cool so yeah, I remember trying that. That uh, was I had never heard of that before. There's a uh, there's a jerky place between Houston and Dallas called Woody Smokehouse, and that's like yes, a, a, I know, know it well. Okay, yeah, that's a must stop for me every time I go there. But I don't think I've ever seen ribeye jerky there before. So when that got no. sent to us, I was like, "What is this?" And I I think I ate like probably three quarters of that bag by myself. All of it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, would they do not have ribeye, but they oh my god, I strive to be like like they're the jerky kings of and in every meat that they do. Like they don't have a bad jerky. Right. No, yeah. they don't. They don't. I love that but, spicy elk there. That's my that's my go to every time I stop by. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And uh my thing was is so I never really made the jerky for sale. I would just whenever I'd have extra ribeye I'd I'd just I'd do it and I'd hand it out to the bands or in the dance hall or whatever. And, and then when the pandemic set in, you know, we were closed down and for the first month I was happy cause I just needed to sleep. And so I was okay with being closed for the first month. <laughs> and then it was two months and then it was three months. And then, um, I went to Mexico you know, I was like, I can pace the floors in this dance hall or I can pace the floor, you know, walk, walk up and down the beach. It's, it's all the same to me, you know. So, uh, so I went to Mexico for a couple of weeks and kind of buried my head in the sand and thought, what in the world am I going to do? I don't know when this pandemic's going to be over. I can't open my dance hall. I don't, I just don't know what I'm going to do. And I came home and the barbecue sauce um, that we make is really amazing. And I had this idea that we would bottle the barbecue sauce and this girl that I knew, she, uh, she used to work for Fredericksburg farms and they, 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 you know, can all sorts of homemade yeah. condiments and whatever. And they put them all around and all the little touristy stops and what have you. And she was like, well, yeah, like I, I, I've got a Rolodex, you know, I'll call people and we can put your barbecue sauce out there in these Texas stores or whatever. And, uh, uh, she said, but, but they have to taste it on something. So what are they going to taste it on? And I'm like, well, why not jerky? <laughs> I mean, if they're going to eat barbecue sauce on barbecue, we might as well let them eat it on meat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I made the jerky to be the tasting option for the sauce in these retail locations. And the jerky sold and the barbecue sauce did not. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I mean, it sold, but not as fast. I mean, it sure, wasn't a big sure. mover as fast because, you know, jerky is an instant thing. You eat it and, oh, my God, okay, 
let's have the jerky. Um, but the barbecue sauce, you might buy a jar of it and take it home and put it in your pantry and, and you don't use it for a month or whatever. And so, um, so the jerky was immediate and it just started selling and selling and selling and selling. And, um, and it started getting a lot of publicity and the guy in Austin, um, with the Austin Chronicle loved it. And he just kept writing about it and writing about it. And then some radio friends of mine got some of it and they were just like, holy cow what are you doing over there and and the next thing i know and then i needed to find ribeye because you know jerky i don't this isn't it's not um dehydrated in any way it's straight away is smoked uh so i hot smoke up until 180 degrees for about three three and a half hours and then i just turn everything off and cold smoke it and let it for another four to five hours and so, so there's no dehydration, so there's still a little bit of moisture in there. But still, even with that, you you're still losing about uh, about 50% of what you start with. Oh wow! So, so I had to figure out the cost thing. So I started calling my my ribeye, you know, distributors, suppliers, and you know, going, look, guys, we've got to figure something out. Well. There was a, a a guy that has a cattle farm down the road, and he came by and he said, "Look, I I harvest all of the hanger out of my cows, and a lot of people don't do that because they don't really know what to do with it. But it's the leanest, it's the best piece of steak or meat on the cow because it's it's not it's just hanging behind the throat. So there's no muscle, there's no nothing. Like it's just hanging there, and so." But because there's only one per cow, obviously the the ability to get that is is a little bit tricky. Limited. And it, so, is that a piece of meat that, that it's the butchers like cut or butchers? I always hear that hanger steak mm-hmm. or that hanger piece was always that butchers like favorite piece of meat. They would just keep it for themselves. Yeah. Well, so that's the thing because. If if anybody decided they wanted it, they couldn't supply it because it, it you know there's it's the quantity. It's there's not large quantities of it. But also, yeah, people didn't really understand what to do with it. But it's like it's better than filet mignon. And so when you go to like uh, a really big time steakhouse, uh, what's that? What's the name of a Morton Steakhouse, like yep. in Las Vegas and New York, whatever? It's like that's like eighty dollars a pound. Oh wow! Like they 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 take it the other way and go, oh, yeah, you know, we're gonna we're gonna sell this as the as the high end meat, premium. and, yeah, and you're it, gonna pay for this. Yes, yeah, it's kind of like uh, the the you know the cap on the on the the ribeye. Um, the spinellus, yeah, the, mm-hmm. the ribeye cap, yeah, yeah, almost the same sort of sort of thing. Uh, really good, really beefy, beefy flavor. Uh, so, so it's kind of a, a, a an acquired taste, I would say. But so this guy had freezers full of this because he'd been stockpiling it, and he was like, "Why don't you try it?" I was like, "Great, yeah, let's try that." So, so we did. I it, it was too moist. Um, I couldn't get it dry enough, and it you know and then it spoiled really fast and it didn't have a good texture because it had no muscle it, it had no it, you know it was too yeah it was 
not tough enough for jerky. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Um, structure wise, it just didn't hold up. Um, and so we didn't continue on with the hanger. I went back to the ribeye. I found a supplier and there's only one supplier that I know of. I do have uh, an appointment with a couple people next week, but um, I found one supplier that gets, uh, he gives me center cuts and it's half the price of regular ribeye of a ribeye loin. Oh, nice. And, and it's crazy, right? Cause that's, it's a center cut. It's, it's, so, it, it's working perfect for your, for your, um, jerky, jerky. Yes. Yeah. Half the price. I get it in cases of like 90 pound and there's like six, uh, six loins in there and um so i get about 30 pounds of jerky out of it and it, it works really well and and i can keep the cost in line like you know i we're selling it for 12.95 a quarter pound and so so that's pretty good and i don't have any other labor i do it all right now so um uh you know it, it's it's getting to the point where i'm gonna have to get somebody to help me but um you know it's a very tedious job i hand cut it you know, it's a single source meat. A lot of jerky people, you know, it's and just like woods, like, you know, they're they're using the actual piece of meat. A lot of jerky people, what you find in convenience stores and stuff like that, it's like four or five different types of meat ground up and reshaped into jerky, right? Right. So, so um, not to give away uh, too many trade secrets. So, what what grade mm -hmm. of beef are you using? Is it is it a choice type beef, or are we doing prime beef? Um, yeah, so it's choice, a ribeye, center cut. Mm -hmm. Do you think the prime would just be too, too marbled? It would just be too... Um, actually, no, but it would be cost prohibitive. That is true. You know, I've, I've went round and round and, and it's like, cause I have to buy regular, you know, lip on ribeye for, for what I serve, you know, in the restaurant for dinner. And I've thought to myself, well since I've already got that cut of meat, you know, how could I use that for both? But there just is no way because I have to trim that big ribeye so much, you know, the cost just keeps doubling every, right. every pound, every ounce that you take off of the, the, the loin, you know, your price just goes up. Right. Right. Not to mention you're losing, you know, you're losing 40% of it due to just the dehydration in the water and everything else of that, of that meat. Mm -hmm. So, uh, which is yeah, I I can definitely and so, see why and you're charging the that's twelve. That's a good a good yeah. point. Just to say that with my jerky, that that's the one drawback with the way that I do this jerky, it, because it does still have some moisture content, and you will find a little bit of fat still on it. Uh, and so shelf life is maybe fifteen days. So it's 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 not that that also becomes a problem you know for um if it's not moving quick you know so so right now i i, I generally smoke twice a week uh on mondays and then on thursdays and that generally keeps me going you know get all shipments out and the jerky is fresh whenever i ship it then so nice very nice so what's mm -hmm. uh what's coming up um with the with the abbey um, i'm sorry with the copeland uh dance hall is now that we're starting to, to see that, you know, social gathering may be a little bit freer, um, I guess as of today, right, with, uh, with what Governor 
has come up with. Uh, right, lifting all the, the the restrictions and yes. the mandates and and all that stuff type of stuff. Are, yeah. Are, are you are you going to start maybe looking at okay maybe I can do like a soft opening and and book an act and 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 open back up a little bit more or or how is that working for you? Yeah, so we reopened the first of February. Nice. And the restaurant and the the dance hall and everything, but at half capacity. So da- Copeland holds 750 people uh, regularly. So I could still put 300 people in here and and be fine. And we've been doing shows every Friday and Saturday. Um, the ribeye business is good in the restaurant, and things are looking up. I'm still going to operate about. 75% in the dance hall just because you know I've been pretty quiet about it I'm not really the type of person to go on social media and stuff and air my grievances with the universe you sure. Know? So yeah. sure no I, I don't blame you it never works out well <laughs> well it doesn't matter you're gonna offend somebody right and and Correct. here's the thing you have a choice look either you're you're you feel like you need to stay home for whatever reason you you feel that way that's great stay home for the people who feel like it's okay to move about the world you know then then they come out to the dance hall and so it's it's really up to the to the public as to you know what they'll allow us to do i mean it's been a catch-22 for bars and restaurants ever since this mess started and what one thing i will say as far as maybe kind of how I feel about the world, all of this is that, you know, the government started, started pointing fingers, you know, at different businesses as to, you know, where you could get this COVID and how you could catch it and whatever. Um, Well, as I think we've all kind of realized, it's been very inconsistent and, you know, you know, close down restaurants and bars, but yet you, let 1500 people gather outside i don't see that that really made much sense but i would 100 um, percent agree with you and not only that i i i i'm able to say a little more probably because i'm not as pc uh or i don't have to be as pc or whatever but i think it's a shame right. for people that they are told that they can't have their livelihood but yet people that can work from home it's very easy to work at home on a computer and whatever else but um i think when you have a restaurant where you look at thousands and and i would say hundreds of thousands if millions of people are without jobs or or were laid off throughout this whole thing is that's a travesty to be honest with you so yeah i think i think they should have should have backtracked and said okay guys we made a big mistake listen the problem is gathering just across the board it's gathering so avoid large groups wear the masks you know let's just all yep be have some sense yeah you know because they make restaurants go at limited capacity but i'm about to fly to denver this weekend and i can guarantee that plane's gonna be full you know they didn't make any planes go at half capacity or anything like that so how does that make sense that's like that's gonna be the worst case scenario trapped in a small box with a whole bunch of people looking at uh some of the people y'all have booked i know y'all been you've been doing this a long time and and booking i right off the bat there was two people when I looked, went to your Instagram that 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 flashed up. Uh, one was is Robert Earl Keane, which is like my favorite. He's my favorite, uh, I guess, songwriter or artist or whatever. Like he, for me, I I've, I was a kid when I saw him, and I've just I've watched. I go to his shows still. If if, if he's around, I'm gonna go to one. 
but the other one I saw um, was Randall King, which not a lot of people like. He's not really so mainstream or anything like that, but man, he's got some really, really good music. I was going to ask, what is one of the favorite acts you, you've got to host, or when they came in, you were like, oh my God, I cannot believe this person's here. Is there anybody like that? Um, let me, how do I answer that? Uh, I've been booking music for 20 years, and so I was, I, I um, ran Lukenbach, Texas for a long, long time. And, uh, and so, I've worked with all of these artists for a long time. And part of one of the things that I love about the music business is growing artists. Um, there's a big music festival up in Colorado every January. We basically take Texas to Colorado for a week and plop ourselves down up there and have a big time. And uh, I met Randall King up there. I do the the media room uh, with Deep Eddie Vodka for that music festival. and. Uh, I met Randall King, actually something showed up on my Facebook feed the other day about the very first time I met Randall uh, and uh, met his dad and they were just the sweetest people and of course Randall was great coming out of the gate and I knew Randall was going to be a big deal and so I started booking Randall when you know we only put 80 people in here and we just kept going and he's got great management. Um, same guy that the same people that manage Cody Johnson and Roger Craiger are Randall's managers. Okay. And Randall has signed with Warner records and all of that. And Randall's a great writer. He's got an incredible work ethic. And, um, uh, so Randall, we worked hard and Randall, uh, he sells Copeland out every time he plays here now. Uh, and we play him about three times a year. Um, and Randall and I started a coffee line also during the pandemic called Hard Living Coffee. I don't think y'all got any of that. Um, we did not, but I I, that was one of the questions that I was going to ask you. I saw it on the website. You had the yeah. Randall King I'll send y'all some Hard coffee. Living Coffee. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So so Randall's a coffee fiend. And, of course, Randall's a young guy, you know. And, um, uh, you know, he was like, uh, you know, I just – Folgers is my thing and I was like oh lord have mercy come here <laughs> let me help you we've got like this is like drinking like you know Jack Daniels versus Garrison Brothers bourbon or something like that but uh, <laughs> he's drinking Folgers you know and I'm like dude but his family they're truck drivers right like they're that's his background yeah and so truck stop coffee right so um I'm like, dude, we, I, so I called him one morning during pandemic, I guess it was back in August, I guess. And, uh, he has a song called smoking cigarettes and it's about vices. And, uh, you know, the, the song, it's like, you know, there's nobody to tell me to quit and I can drink more coffee and smoke more cigarettes and drink more whiskey or whatever. And so I called him and I said, Randall, like everybody, if you have a vice, like it's just tenfold right now because of stress and craziness you know and i'm like what is like what's going on and he was like it's just hard living and i said boom there you go that's it that's the name of the coffee beans hard living right and so we sampled a lot of coffee beans i have a roaster here in austin and uh for my brothel house coffee i we went with a straight mexico bean it's really strong and then with Randall's coffee, it's a middle of the road and it's Ethiopian and Colombia blend. And it's fabulous. And we sell it. I, I mean, I ship it. Randall 
and takes it around with him and promotes it. And whenever he makes a post about it, we always sell a lot of a lot of it. But uh, um, yeah, I've been shipping it all over the country to Randall's fans, and it's really funny. Um, you know, Randall's like, "Hey, I, I have my own coffee," and oh God, we'd want to drink the same coffee that Randall King drinks. And so, <laughs> but yeah, Randall's Randall's great. And um, as far as so I had Tanya Tucker here right before the pandemic. Uh, and that was pretty cool. Tanya Tucker, you know, hadn't played a small venue like Copeland, a dance hall in, in a long, long time. Yeah. You know, she, she plays stadiums and stuff. Uh, so that was pretty cool. And she, she, when she got off stage, she said to me, she was like, I forgot what that felt like. And I was like, I bet, because when you're on a state a stadium, you know, like you're so far away from the people, you can't see anybody's face. You definitely can't touch them or see the, the smile on their face or like look them in the eyes or whatever. And here, like, like they were at her feet, you know, so <clears throat> they were singing along. She could hear them singing, you know, she and, and so it was really uh I think she was really moved by by that whole experience. Um, and there's no bad seed in the house here at Copeland. It's a really cool setup. And so no matter how many people you have, you can still see the stage and st see the people, you know, and hear them uh, really well. And so um, I I don't know. I love everybody. I, I've, I've played a lot of really cool people over my over my career and um, and got to grow some artists. Cody Jinx. Cody Jinks used to sit out under the trees at Lukenbach. Oh, yeah, we're huge got fans, him, yeah. Yeah, I got him his first gig at Green Hall and Floors, and and now he's just, you know, so big. Um, and um, Ryan Bingham, Ryan Bingham used to play for me all the time uh, until he got too big. And Randall will fly, too. I mean, I've, I've probably got about two more years with Randall, and then he'll be too big for us to have him here. Um but that's what you do. I mean, that's the goal of if you're if you're doing it properly, you 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 want to invest in the artists and and you just keep looking for the next thing, you know, coming up. So, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question. No, or not, but. It, it did. It did. That's that's uh, that's very cool. Uh, I was actually talking to my daughter today about about coffee and uh, she's really into like these cold brew coffees and these French French press coffee, and so I, I ordered her. She's 19 in college, and so I ordered her a um, a, a French press uh, coffee maker. And she's like, "Well, I need to get some coffee." And I was like, and, "And she was like, do I do I get some Folgers? Do I get what what do I get?" I'm like, "No, don't <laughs> get that." So I'm actually we we have a Pearland coffee roast. They roast theirs in house. Um, I said, "Stop by and get a thing of this." But after seeing this, the Randall King and and yours and uh, collaboration. Yeah coffee here i'm i'm gonna order some so uh yeah thank you for I'll that send you yeah. some, no no um, I'll, I'll buy it yeah we'll, we're we're always happy to donate right <laughs> well i appreciate it it's good it's good so so what made y'all start a barbecue po podcast uh you know it's just one of those things that somebody says you know you, you drink a little bit too much and then somebody says hey maybe <laughs> we should now we we've been barbecuing a, a long time uh and James and I are our twin brothers. We're both on the podcast here. 
And so we, we're really big into competition, really big into barbecue, and uh, fortunate enough to live close to each other. And we, we've got some neighbors who, who we got into barbecue and doing competition barbecuing. And uh, it just kind of led one night, one of us was like, hey, let's, you know, let's do a podcast and see what it is. And I, I to be honest with you, I never thought we'd have 100 of these out there or 80 of these out there or right. we've been doing this over a year. And we, we've steadily grown. We've had some, I, I really feel fortunate to really have you on uh, as well. But we've had some some people on that we didn't think we were going to have on. Like, you know, we were, uh, we had Rich O'Toole. He, he came on uh, the, the, the podcast, which we thought was like, how, why is he saying yes to this? Like, <laughs> if he knew us, he would not say yes to this. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just kind of one of those things that's kind of grown for us. And uh, every weekend we, we are doing something. We're, we're trying to, uh, you know, uh, podcast about it, write something about it, you know, or, or whatever. So I, I don't know if I, yeah. if I, it's just, it, for us, it's just a, I don't know. I think, our, I, mean, I think my wife is probably mad that I do this now. <laughs> well, I uh, mean, like, I mean, it, we get together and we talk all the time. We drink, we sit around a fire, we sit around a, a, a barbecue pit, uh, and the, the stories and, and the, the life experiences and all that stuff that we get to share the camaraderie, um, and doing the competitions and being able to, uh, to, 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 to talk to interesting folks like yourself, uh, that, that are into, uh, barbecue or music or business, beer. Lots of beer. beer. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I th- we, we just think it's great and we, we love being able to be a part of that. Yeah. We, we'd be in yeah. here talking about this anyway. Might as well record it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a first. <laughs> I don't want half of my conversations recorded. <laughs> I know the bands like that. That's what's funny. They, you know, I've always, always put the bands first. And, and that's why I get so many people that still play for me after all these years. But um, but they love to come in the kitchen and, you know, and drink coffee and eat leftovers at, you know, one o'clock in the morning after the show's over. And, you know, people don't realize that, I mean, they think the backstage is like the place to be, you know, and the crazy yes. parties happening, whatever, but shoot, no, no, they're tired. Those guys, they stay on the road all the time. They have to sleep in whatever bed is given to them at that time. And sometimes they don't even get a bed. They don't get a shower. I mean, sometimes they have to eat really bad food and, you know, it's just hard and they have to be in a van with five or six other guys, you know, for hours and hours and hours on end, you know, every single week. And, and, um, you know, all for this little 90 minutes of, of high on the stage. Right. And so, um, so I get a lot of time uh, with with my bands uh, in the kitchen, you know, at one o'clock in the morning, just talking about life and and you know how hard it is for them, and you know they haven't seen their family or their wives in two weeks, you know, and um, and it's a hard life. It's it's really hard for a lot of them. It's hard on relationships. It's hard on you know just everything, but they wouldn't trade it for the world, you know, and I'm thankful that they wouldn't <laughs> because, you know, we get to, we get to put on great shows, but people don't see that out front, you know? So, 
Um, I think when you're young, like the young guys, like Randall and those guys, and, I, and I'll probably, and Jake, Jake Worthington, and you know, Josh Ward, and well, Josh is actually, he's in his 40s now, so, but um, there's, well, I can say for sure, like Randall's band, because I spend so much time with those guys, they do a lot of video recordings and different things like that here, and so they pull out that they carry a, a beer pong table with them. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're like, we're hungry. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go cook steaks. Y'all whatever. And then I'll go out to find them. And they're on the front porch with their beer pong table set up and flip flops and, you know, a cooler full of beer. And they're just in hog heaven. They, you know, until they all start getting relationships and find wives and start having babies and whatever, that's how they live. Just like that. <laughs> Man, so. I should have been a singer. <laughs> right? You're, you're living the life of a singer, but you're not a singer. That's right. I am. Right. I do I do live my life like a singer, uh, <laughs> but I'm not a, I'm not a singer at all. So. Yeah, we had a few few run-ins, few dealings with... Uh, so I volunteer at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo for the... the the barbecue portion of it so and, and i get yeah. to i get to see all the acts that that come out there i mean i'm pretty much right there next to the stage um and so we, we've seen randall kevin uh, a lot of these people out there's phenomenal acts but when the, when the when the when it shuts down and then all the public is kicked out and it's like one two o'clock in the morning i have seen kevin fowler sitting <laughs> at a barbecue pit just sitting there shooting the shit you know drinking beer um mm -hmm. with uh just normal me and and random people i mean it's just it's one of those deals like i mean i guess if you if you if you love the music and you love the business and it's what you love to do i mean it's just it's something i guess a lot of people would strive to to find that enjoyment yep i would totally agree in the you know the junkyards actually i i had never hired him to play at lukenbach he was on their no playlist because when he first started his career he was very um cocky and he would say things on stage that he shouldn't be saying like the f word over and over again <laughs> right and so lukenbach was like nah, he cannot he cannot play here and i'm like dang okay well whatever and so i have a house in round top and Kevin spends a lot of time over there. He he loves old houses, and you probably know this all about him. But uh, he likes old stuff. And uh, so that's where I met Kevin. Was in the junkyards, and we became junk buddies, old house buddies. And we were we were both actually restoring houses at the same time. And so we would use each other for leads on wood and stoves and doors and all sorts of stuff. And uh, and then finally, when I bought Copeland, uh, the the previous owners of Copeland had a fallen out with Kevin. They we, they turned all of his neon signs upside down in the dance hall. All of his pictures that are on the wall, they turned them upside down. Wow! Because when Kevin was at the peak of his career, he couldn't play a seven hundred person venue. He was too big, and he would lose money. And so. We most people understand these things, but the previous owners of this dance hall did not. They were like, "We started your career. You owe us. You have to come back here and play for us, whatever." And Kevin was like, "Man, I can't. Like, I can't." And so when I bought Copeland, the very first person that I booked was Kevin, and he was like, 
got, we're going to turn those neons back right side up and turn my <laughs> pictures right side up and we're going to freaking sell this sucker out. And he's like, and I'm playing for the door. And I was like, yes, you are, because I'm not paying you. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, Kevin does our New Year's Eve every year now. And uh, But here's the thing about Kevin that I love. He is a very normal person. Singing and the music, that just supplies him his fun money, you know, his, his living. That's how he makes his living. But first and foremost, Kevin is a person, and he is very curious uh he loves to have conversations with people about everything and anything. Um, and he's just, he's really awesome that way. He doesn't take the fame. Like he's not, Oh, I'm Kevin Fowler. You know, I'm sure there was a time that he was, but, but not now. Uh, he's a very cool person. Very accessible. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's a, uh, Thank you for sharing that story. Hey, uh, Abby, we're, we're running um, a little bit um, long on this. Uh, I'm sure we okay. can probably like uh, uh, scale it back a little bit. But uh, is there is there a website that the people can go to to check out the 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 shop as far as the the jerky, the barbecue sauces, and and also check because I think you have a a B and B as well, right at the. That's right. Yeah, you you can stay at the, you can stay there. Sleep there, go to the dance hall, eat there. Um, yeah. Like, you just trap Our them. tagline is eat, drink, dance, and stay a little longer. I love you it. You know that Bob Will song? Oh, know? yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. The, the B&B, it's only seven rooms. It's upstairs from the dance hall, and uh, it goes really quick. It sells out pretty much the first tickets that we sell every single show on Friday and Saturdays. And... Uh, yeah, you can buy all of it, buy tickets, check out our lineup, come to the restaurant, uh, go to the shows. It's all at uh, copelanddancehall.com. It's C-O-U-P-L-A-N-D, dancehall.com. That's awesome. Hey, uh, yeah, uh, guys, go check out the website. Uh, definitely check out the, the acts, and please buy a lot of that jerky and send some my way, please. Thank you. <laughs> Yes, yes. Thank you all so very much for having me. And I, I just appreciate the support a whole lot. And uh, if y'all are ever this way, come by. Definitely will. Will do. Thank Definitely you so much, Abby. Hey, we appreciate okay. it. Thank you. Yeah, great talking to you. Bye. 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 That's awesome. I mean, dude, the stories. I mean, the, I, I imagine she could probably sit here for another two hours and just talk about the I wanted to listen for two hours. stories between <laughs> all the musicians. I was I like, know. I was writing down my piece of paper here. I was like, I'm, let me ask about this musician. Let me ask about this one, uh, this and that. Uh, the Randall King thing. I'm a huge fan of Randall King. I am too. Uh, the Kevin Fowler. I really didn't get into. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure our boy Rich O'Toole's probably played there before. Yeah, you know, I, I like I said, I was bringing it up earlier, and, and we we lost audio a little bit, and uh, but yeah, having Rich O'Toole even come on the podcast, I was like, Amber having her yeah. on the podcast. I mean, I'm sure they they know each other and, and whatever, but uh, very very cool, uh, very cool person. I, I love how she's driven. You know what I mean? Like she's. It, the whole thing about you know like well the, the guy didn't show up and I've got to I've got to do this you know and she she seems like to be a hands on person anyways right mm-hmm. but but it's like once she takes it on she's like she's not giving it back up she's like no no we're not hiring another person I'm doing it now <laughs> sorry well, the, the whole comment about the beach I mean yeah 
Yeah. yeah. Hey, I can walk around this dance hall or I can go walk a beach. Right now, they're both making me the same thing. I mean, I, I'm whatever, you know. Uh, and then and then go in there and they come back. Hey, let's bottle some sauce. Let's make some, let's make some you know beef jerky as a taster for the barbecue sauce. Not even trying to sell the beef jerky, and that yeah. that comes out to be a seller. You know, uh, very cool. Um, I really liked her vibe, uh, and she seemed very just. You know what? You know what it seemed like, and I'm maybe I'm I'm just jealous now. It seems like she is doing exactly what she loves to do for a living, right? I. Like, I just want to do that. <laughs> I don't know what that is. That's I'm, my other problem is I don't know what that is. Right. So, uh, Jan, do you want to open a dance hall? I do want to open a dance hall. <laughs> do you want to stay up till two a.m. drinking, listening to I, the best country music, eating ribeye steaks? Nah, Abby Road is living my life right now. Re- really quick before yeah. before we leave, what would be your first act that you had to play live at? I, that I booked. That you booked at Jan's. We'll just say. We'll say Copeland Dance Hall is already booked. Yep. Who are you booking? The one I would book over all of them. Yes. I gotta go with the king, man. George Strait. George, okay. Okay. <laughs> that's that's who you book. That's who I would book. But who you can get? That's not. That's not who I can. If, if who I get anybody in the world. Exactly. I would book them. I'd book him first. What about you, Alvin? Who are you booking? Alvin's like I'm booking myself. Yeah. <laughs> I was booking Def well, Leppard. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I am booking Def Leppard. There's no doubt about and, that. And he actually has a playlist for him. Nope, you're playing these songs in order. No breaks. No deviations. Right. Yeah. And you're finishing with this song. That's right. Oh, yeah, for sure. What for about sure. you, Matt? Oh, God. I don't know. On the spot. I'd be honest. I don't no, any country music. Any music genre. It, it, it's, your, it's your dance hall. Yeah, Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. Yeah. Okay. Iron Maiden. That's, okay. That's for but sure. But if I was going to have to do country, I, I know who I would book first probably brooks and dunn i like those guys a lot yeah they split up but they have to come together yeah uh that means i get two guys and i can get them for two separate shows and then they do two and then i see it i i'm probably bringing in a little boys to men i'm, I'm probably bringing a little that uh you're bringing the little boys to men did, did I say little boys? Yeah, <laughs> I did say a little boys. To I don't man. know the boys to man, but not little boys to man. Uh, look, that might I be think, an act out somewhere. Yeah, you know, that's, <laughs> I don't want to see it. Okay, if it is, uh, yeah, I I think that uh, I, I like the old the, the old dance hall town. We grew up in a small town, right? Six hundred people, uh, six hundred plus, right? I, I really feel like Copeland is one of those towns as well. Yeah, it's one of those things that you just, you're traveling. It's surrounded by a lot, a lot of other cities. You know, bass drops close and, and whatever. Um, very cool. I, I definitely want to go. I'm going to go and book. I'm, I'm going to go look with their lineup. I'm going to go book a room, stay the night, go just get shit-faced drunk. Uh, yeah, it's going to happen. And so. stay there. And I, stay there, yeah. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. I, th- I think we have a, a road trip in our future. So yeah. uh, the, the people, I like how I just stuttered there. The people. So, guys, go check out copelanddancehall.com. Check out the shop. They have the jerky, the sauces, the B&B, the dance hall. Uh, go check it out for yourselves. Um, we're definitely going to check it out ourselves uh, probably in our near future. So, hey, we appreciate the support, um, and we thank you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. We've been great. Dang it, Bobby. Just grab the brisket. Right, we would like to give a special thanks to Fogo Premium Hardwood Lump Charcoal, Bonner's Fiesta Spices, Cooley Nation Custom Koozies, Cambro Manufacturing, 
Yeti Cooler, the Smoke Sheep Barbecue Newsletter, and Texas Brew Hopper. We appreciate their support. Y'all guys go check them out.